Shalom to all. Today's daf is Yerushalmi Peyat Daf Beis. We are starting about the fifth line at the two dots with the words Shibaz Harishayna. And today's daf is sponsored by Ilya Nishmas, Mars Miriam, Sarabas, Yaakov Maisha, Hernish, Shama should have an Aliyah. Now we conclude yesterday that only once the first stalk in a person's field is cut, then the Chiv of Peyat kicks in. So now the Gemara asks, Shibaz Harishayna, Mahu Shetei Chayav is What about that first stalk itself? Is it Chayav and Peyat? Meaning, now that the field is Chayav and Peyat, does that Chiv revert back onto the first stalk to say that the first stalk is Chayav and Peyat? would be, could he use that first stock as part of his payah? Another nafkamin would be regarding the shear drabanan. Although midiraisa, there's no minimum shear for payah, as the Mishnah says, midrabanan, one has to separate a sixtieth of the field. So is that first stock included in the shear? The Gemara answer is, if Shurlaimer, is it possible to say that he chiva kalsadeu payah, that this stock was the one that caused the chiv in the entire field for payah, that he chayavis with payah, and the stock itself is chayav in payah? In other words, the ikr chiv of payah is on the stocks connected to the ground. As we said yesterday, the chiv is when you harvest your land. Now the first stock harvested is the switch that's flipped that begins the chiv of payah for the rest of the field. But this first stock isn't attached anymore. So through what means does it become chayav in payah, asked the Gemara. And that's the Gemara's answer as well, meaning that first stock is not chayav in payah. The Gemara continues asking about that first stock. Let's say he cut that first stock and then it got burned up. Does he have to cut another stock in order for the field to be chayiv? The Havamina is, since he didn't derive benefit from this stock, he cut it and then it got burned up right away, so maybe the field is not chayiv in payah. Maybe he has to derive benefit from that first stock before his field is chayiv in payah. So the Gemara answers, Let's learn from the following Brisa. The Brisa says, He cut half of his field, and before leaving payah, he sells that which he cut. Kotzer Chetzio, let's say he cut half the field, Vehiktish Matcha Kotzer, and he was Maktish that which he cut. Noisen Min Hamishur Al Hakoil, he has to give over from that which is remaining in his field for everything, including that which he already cut and was Maktish. Now, Vehiktish Lav Kesarfu isn't Hektish like something which was burned? The same way that when he's Maktish something, he doesn't derive benefit from it, he still chive to separate Peya from the rest of the field for that which he was Maktish. So we would also say as follows Hada Amra, Kotzer Shibas Harishaina, if he cut that first stock, Vinisarfan, it got burned up, and he didn't derive any benefit from it, he does not have to cut another stalk in order for the field to be chayv in peya. The field continues to remain chayv in peya, even though that first stalk was burned up. And another question, let's say he was mechala his entire field. He cut his entire field and he did not leave over peya. So Atamar, you say that Chazra Peyel Amarin, that the chayv of peya now gets transferred to the bundles. And that's a halacha. If he cut his entire field, let's say he forgot to leave peya, it's not that he's potter from leaving peya, he now just has to leave over a 60th of those bundles that he has. So the question is, do we say that the chi of a peya now goes back to that first stock? Call that he had standing grain, so we understand that the chi of peya is only on the standing grain which is attached to the ground and not on that first stock that he cut. But now he doesn't have any standing grain attached to the ground. He only has detached grain. So maybe the chiv goes on that first stock as well. So Gemara based on based on top answers. I'm Rav Yaisi. Nail of peyas aymarin mi peyas kama. We learned the pay of bundles from the peya of standing grain. Ma peyas kama loy chazra peya l'ktiras shibas harishayna. Just like when his chiv of peya is on the standing grain, that chiv is not applied to that first stock of grain that was cut. So af peyas aymarin. So too peya of bundles loy tachzer peya l'ktiras shibas harishayna. The chiv of peya doesn't get transferred onto that first stock that was cut. And continue to explain the Mishnah we had said a peya by bikurim v'chulu that these are all things that don't have a shear. 
Now, Brisa tells us, Hapeya yesh lo shir melamaton. Peya does have a minimum shear, the Elo Shir Melmalon, but it doesn't have a maximum shear, and Habikurim Hari Oyoin, Elohim Shir, Lomil Malon, Velomil Maton, both Bikurim and coming to the base of Mikdash don't have a minimum or maximum shear. Now this Brysa doesn't argue with the Mishnah. When this Brysa says the Peya has a minimum shear, that means that Midrabanon there's this minimum shear of a sixtieth, as we had said in Ahmed Aleph. The minimum amount of Peya a person's allowed to leave is one sixtieth of his field. Our Mishnah was talking with Raisa. This Brysa is talking with Rabbanon. Now the Gemara continues, is Tani Tana, there is a ton of the taught as follows. A different price, Hapeyav Habikurim Vahari Oyoin, all three of these. They don't have a maximum or minimum shear. Now, this Bryce is not arguing about the minimum shear midrabanon. This Bryce agrees that the minimum shear of Peya midrabanon is a 60th of the field. The only thing he's arguing in is that since midrabanon, there's no minimum shear, we can even have a Bryce that says Beferosh, the Peya doesn't have a minimum shear. So the Gemara asks, What's the difference between the two of these? The word Vahan means Vaharei. They both agree that the minimum shear midrabanon is a 60th of the field. So, what's the difference between these two? Brises. So the Gemara answer is, According to the first Brysa, that states explicitly that Peya does have a minimum shear. So let's say the fellow gave less than the minimum shear. Whatever he gave, he gave. That's 100% Peya. However, he does have to be Mashlim. He has to add on more until he reaches this minimum shear of a 60th. So he goes and adds on more. He keeps on adding to get to this minimum shear. That which is being given is Chayv in Meiser. Until he completes that minimum shear. Now let's just pause for a second and explain why we're talking about Meiser. So this is important to know. Like at Shechem Peah are all Potter and Meiser. This is a special din that since they're being given to an Ani, the Ani could just take it, go home with it, and he does not have to take Meiser off of it. So what the Gemara just said is as follows. If a person takes off less than the minimum shear of Peah, so that automatically is Potter for Meiser, because Midar Raisa, he's ready yet to Chiv and Peah. However, Midar Banan, he has to be Meisif, he has to add on until he gets up to that minimum shear. As he's giving more grain to meet that minimum shear, that grain that he's giving is chayv in Meiser, because it doesn't yet have a din of peah. However, the moment he reaches that magic number, a 60th, so then everything that he just gave automatically turns into being peah, and now it's pater for Meiser. Continue to explain now the second b'raisa, according to the second b'raisa that says very clearly that peah does not have a minimum or maximum shear. So the mandamar of that b'raisa holds that if a person doesn't give enough peah, so of course whatever he gave midaraisa is considered peah, and mashanosan kfar niftar, whatever he gave is pater, and it's not chayv in Meiser, however he does have to be mashlim to the minimum shear. But now, chazav v'haysef, chayv in Meiser, Whatever he's going and adding now to meet that minimum shear is chayv in Meiser, because he was already yoytzis chayv midaraisa of peya. And the addition that he's giving in order to reach his shear durabanon does not get this patur of Meiser on it. If he's giving the total amount of the 60th right away, so in a way we could say that he's being yoytzis chayv daraisa and durabanon in one shot, so therefore everything he's giving is pater and Meiser. However, if he does it in two different stages, if you will, he gives a tiny little bit, and then he's yoytzis chayv daraisa, and now he just has to be mashlim to his chayv durabanon, so according to the Mandarma, the second prize, so we do not apply that Ptura of Maestras to that Hashlama Midrabanon. Now we've been talking about how there's no minimum shear for Peah, there's no minimum shear for Bikurim, no minimum shear for Re'ayoin. So now the Gemara says, Rebrechi Yobai, Rebrechi asked the following question, Afar Saita. Why don't we also teach in the Mishnah Afar Saita? What's Afar Saita? So we know that a Saita is a woman who's suspected of committing adultery, and in order to ascertain whether or not she really committed this adultery, we bring her to the base of Mekdash, she goes through this whole procedure, 
as part of it, we take a vessel with water and then take some dirt from the floor of the base Hamikdash and put it inside this water. And then she has to drink that water. That's a fire saita. Now there's no minimum shear for our fire saita. Why don't we mention that in the Mishnah? Furthermore, Vlamalai Tanina and Afer Para. Why don't we mention Afer Para? What's Afer Para? So we know that the Para Duma is burned and then we take its ashes and mix it with water. That's called Mechatas and that's used to sprinkle on people and on Kalim that are Tame Mace. And there's no shear for how much ashes has to be taken from the Para Duma. So why don't we teach that in the Mishnah? And Vlamalai Tanina and Reik Yavama. Why don't we teach about the spit of a Yavama? What's the spit of a Yavama? So Reuven and Shimon are brothers. Reuven's married and sadly he dies without children. So Shimon has a mitzvah of Yibam to marry Reuven's wife. Let's say he doesn't want to. So Chalitza has to happen. What's Chalitza? Reuven's wife, who's called the Yavama, takes off Shimon's shoe and then she spits in his direction. Now there's no minimum shear for how much she has to spit. So why don't we mention that in our Mishnah? And lastly, Vlamalai Tanina and Dam Tzipar Shal Why don't we teach about the blood of the bird of a Mitzayra? When a person's a Mitzayra, which means he has Saras, he has to go through a whole Tahara process. As part of that, we take a bird that he brought as a carbon and put some of its blood on water, which is in a Kli. Now there's no minimum to how much blood has to be placed there. So why don't we teach that in our Mishnah? So my answer is, Our Mishnah is only bringing things that he can add on to it if he would like to. Meaning, you're right, there isn't a minimum shear, but if you would like to add on to the minimum shear, he could. And the Yesh Basayas and Mitzvah, there is in doing this a Mitzvah. Anything brought in the Mishnah, if a person adds on to the minimum shear, so the more he adds on, the more of a Mitzvah he gets. But Elu, these things that we just mentioned, even if he adds on to them, he adds more dirt, she spits a little bit more, we put some more blood over here. In Basayas and Mitzvah, there's no Mitzvah in adding on more, so therefore we don't mention it in the Mishnah. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow talking about Re'ayon, showing up to the base of Mikdash by the Shalash Regalim. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.